0: First one, (laughs) what's that? (laughs) Whatever that means. Is that some airborne thing? (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Let's start off this service. Amen. Let's sing to the Lord this morning. Amen. Holy, 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 holy Holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is worthy to receive glory. Worthy to receive honor, worthy to receive all our praise today. Holy, 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 holy. That's what the angels are saying. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. God Almighty, or oh, He is worthy to receive glory, oh yes, He's worthy to receive honor, He's worthy to receive all our praise today. Come on church. Come on, let's praise Him, praise Him, and lift Him up. Come on, praise Him, exalt His name forever. Come on and praise Him, praise Him, and lift Him up. Oh, yeah. Oh, praise Him. Let us exalt His name forever. Because He is holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. And he is worthy to receive glory. He's worthy to receive honor. He's worthy to receive all our praise. Praise him. Come on and praise him. Praise him and lift him up. Come on and praise Him. Let us exalt His name forever. Come on and praise Him. Oh, praise Him and lift Him up. Come on, let's praise Him. Let us exalt His name forever. For he is holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty, for he is worthy to receive glory. He's worthy to receive honor. He's worthy to receive all our praise today. Let's praise Him right now, church. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Jesus, we honor You, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We give you all praise and glory and honor, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That word hallelujah is not just a word we use. If you have never studied that word, you need to study it. Find out what it means. It's not just some word we use. There's a reason why it's the same word in every language. That's a God thing. You Go over to Japan, they say hallelujah. You Go to Korea, they say hallelujah. You go to Germany, they say hallelujah. You Go to Russia, they say hallelujah. And they all know what it means. Hallelujah. Because that's the highest praise that you can give him. And he's worthy of it. Amen. Men's Prayer prayer and Breakfast, February 10th. Not to be confused with Men's Prayer Breakfast. We are going to do prayer here first and then go to breakfast. (laughs) And if you want to pray at breakfast, you're welcome to pray at breakfast too. We can just have a prayer meeting at the... At the family restaurant if we have to. Amen. Break out in prayer at the prayer breakfast. Amen. See if we can't pray somebody through the Holy Ghost right there in the restaurant. Hallelujah. There's hungry people everywhere. And they're not just hungry for food. They're hungry for God. We just need God to lead us to them and them to us. Amen. God, use our men. Amen. February 17th, snow tubing, question mark. (laughs) We'll see if global warming will allow us to do any snow. Right now, the snow's melting. Hallelujah. But we're going to go to Fort McCoy and do some snow tubing. The good Lord will, and if there's some snow one way or the other, we're going to find out if they're still blowing their own snow at that point in time. And if it's not 48 degrees, we, we just have to see, okay? But that's our plan. Amen. So all you men and any of you ladies that want to go, we're going to go do some snow tubing. Amen. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody not ever? Oh, man, it's awesome. It's better than skiing. Yeah. Amen. Less less likelihood of breaking your leg. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus' name. I just look like a fool out there on some skis now. All right. I'd never get off the bunny slope. I'm telling you. Mm-mm. Hospitality training scheduled for February 18th. See brother or sister shepherd and or or both. And uh, that training will take place here at the church after service on that day. See them for any future details on that. And I believe that's all we've got. Announcements. Amen. Wherever I am, I'll praise Him. Whenever I can, I'll praise Him. And His love surrounds me like a sea. Well, I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus has lifted me. Come on. Wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him for his love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name. I'm going to make up my mind. Oh, lift up the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus has lifted me. Come on, church. Wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him. His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus has lifted me. One more time. Oh, wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him for his love. Who rounds me like a sea while is the name of Jesus lift the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus has lifted me. Let's sing it again Oh, wherever I am I'll praise him whenever I can I'll praise Him. His love surrounds me like a sea. Well, I'll praise the name of Jesus, up the, the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus has lifted me. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. You gotta praise Him at work. Amen. I got, I praise Him on my cell phone. My cell phone ringer is, You are God alone amen by phillips craig and dean amen i just i love when that goes off at work i'm just i'm just praying lord have somebody call me while i'm sitting at this person's desk working on their computer i want them to go what is that song on your phone i just want them to ask so i can tell them hallelujah amen amen it's all in it's all in you know if you believe this it's not hard It's not hard, Brother Barbe, to just whistle or sing at work and have people say, What's that song you're singing? I haven't heard that one on the radio before. Oh, you won't, but you'll hear it over at the church. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many love the Lord this morning? Amen. I love the Lord this morning. He means all the world to me, folks. He needs to mean all the world to you. Oh, he means more than all the world to me. He's the dearest friend that I have ever known. And it will take the whole eternity to thank him for the love that let's try verse one i love to tell how jesus helped me folks <laughs> when i was lost and facing dark despair But mortal tongue could never tell the whole, nor thank him for such wondrous love and care. For he means more than all the world to me. He's my dearest friend that I have ever known. And he will take a whole eternity. Just to thank him for the love that he has shown. Oh, he means more than all the world to me. He's the dearest friend that I have ever known. And it will take a whole eternity to thank him for the love that he has shown. Let's love him, church. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we just pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. You have come here, Lord, in our midst and in our presence, O God. You have manifested yourself in this place. We need you, God, today. We need you right now. We need you every minute of every day. Have your way among us today, Lord Jesus, that your will be done in this place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Glory and praise and honor be unto your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When I wasn't expecting it, I was just, I wasn't even a good Catholic anymore. I was, I don't know what, I was good for nothing probably. And the Lord just came into my life. And I just, you know, i somebody had to be praying, Brother Parker. It was just somebody somewhere had to be praying for me. I don't know if it was my mother. I don't know who it was. But it really doesn't matter. Somehow, some way, the Lord got a hold of me. And he gave me the most wonderful opportunity I ever had in my life. He gave me the, the choice and the opportunity to choose him. He didn't come and grab me by the scruff of the neck and drag me to an altar. He didn't do any of that. He let me decide. Amen. You know, God, really, if He had His way, if He could just make us all be saved, everybody in the world would be that way. But He doesn't do it that way. We're not automatons. We're not robots. We're not uh, unthinking people. He gave us that wonderful blessing of choice. And some to some, that's going to be a curse, and they just don't know it yet. Amen. But I'm thankful that one day, over 30 years ago, when I was about 30 years old, God took me to a place that I never i never thought I'd leave the United States. And here I am in Okinawa, Japan, in some little building, in some, on some little street, back out nowhere, just um, nobody around me speaks my language except the people in that building, and God just did a wonderful work. Amen. And I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that a man from Toledo, Ohio, heard the call of God and didn't listen to his detractors and went anyway. Because he had to be there for when I got there. Because that's the one that God sent to be the one to raise me up and to make me to be what God wanted me to be. And uh, and I honor that man today. He's not with us any longer, but I honor Paul Dennis today for not listening to his detractors and from, from for leaving Toledo, Ohio, and going to that place so that he would be there for me and many others that came before and after me. Amen. God is so good. You're not here by accident. You're not where you are and you walk with God by accident. There's no accidents with God's. There's no oops. Oh, I didn't mean that. There's none of that with God. If you think about it, sometimes when that Scripture says He knows the end from the beginning, I mean, we can we can comprehend the beginning to the end, but from the, He's already at the end of your life right now. He knows the day of your death. You don't, as just as well as He knows the day of your birth. And if you're living right now, breathing, and your heart is beating right now, it's because He's allowing it to be so. So if you're still here, you're around for a reason, and it's not just to fill a seat. I'm not going. You, you've already said it, and you almost just said just whatever He said, and we're done. Because whatever he said, if you, I'm gonna tell you right now, and I'm not bragging on myself, I'm bragging on Jesus, because this came from Him and not me. But if you weren't, if you were listening this morning, it's gonna, you're gonna figure out something real quick that God's in a vein right here. If you weren't listening, I don't know what to tell you. Praise God, Isaiah. Chapter 64, verse 1 through 7. God is so good. He's so mighty. He's so awesome. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. Amen. I don't have to understand it. I just have to believe it. Isaiah 64, verse 1 through 7. Oh, that thou wouldst rend the heavens... That thou wouldst come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? As when the melting fire burneth, the fire that causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. Sounds like somebody trying to call fire down. When thou didst terrible things that we looked not for thou camest that word terrible in the greek in the hebrew I, mean, I believe means something more along the lines of awesome thou camest down the mountains flowed down at thy presence of course they did he created them for since the beginning of the world men have not heard nor perceived by the ear neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. There's somebody in the New Testament that quotes this. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men, the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Thou meetest him that rejoices and worketh righteousness. Thou, those that remember thee in thy ways, behold, thou art wroth. We have sinned, and those is continuance, and we shall be saved. But we are all as an unclean thing, and our all our unrighteousness are as filthy rags. That's speaking of menstruation, by the way. That's what that's talking about. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. Seems like it's that way in this world, doesn't it? Nobody's calling on his name. For thou hast hid thy face from us. what well, seems like sometimes, doesn't it? Like, where are you, God? I don't feel you. For thou hast hid thy face from us and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. Sounds like repentance to me. Verse 8. But now, O Lord, thou art our Father. How many believe that he's your heavenly Father today? He is your Father. Jesus did everything that the Father told him to do. He's our Father. We are the clay. Everybody say, we are the clay, thou art the potter, and we all are the work of thine hand. But be not wroth very sore, O Lord, neither remember iniquity forever. Behold, see, we beseech thee, we are all thy people." jesus name lord let's pray lord i thank you for your people today i thank you for your word that's already been spoken by this pastor today i thank you father for the ears that you have allowed to hear today what has been said in this place today what your spirit is saying to the church let it be received in the mind and the heart and the spirit today in jesus name and everybody said in jesus name amen you can be seated 1 Kings 18.21 says this, And Elijah came unto the people and said, How long shalt thou halt? How long halt ye between two opinions? How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And this is the really interesting part of this verse. And the people answered him not a word. They had to think about it. What is there to think about? (laughs) But you all know where this story comes from. Elijah, he was about to whoop up on some Baal worshipers. You know... Just a man minding his own business one day, going about his day, and all of a sudden God said, Yo, Elijah, I need you to be my prophet. I know it doesn't exactly say that, but that's how it happened. That's how it happens when he calls us. We're just going through life, minding our own business, and suddenly one day we feel something, and we, we know it's not the pizza we ate. It's something. God's talking to us, and it's a calling. We don't know where that calling's going to take us. I know my calling has brought me this far, thus far, but where it's going to take me from here, I don't know. Am I still in training? I don't know, but I'm following the will of God. I'm following the Holy Ghost. So we're going to talk today about this subject, drawing a line, drawing a line. It's my humble opinion, if you've ever done texting, you see I-M-H-O, it means in my humble opinion. In my humble opinion, things like COVID were, were sent and allowed to happen by God for a specific reason to get the attention of the church. That's my opinion. And I've heard some men say that. I've heard that spoken around this organization from many different preachers that have all felt like the Holy Ghost was telling them the same thing, God was trying to get our attention with that event. Because what did that event do? It it totally upset the apple cart if you will. It totally just all the dynamics of what we do and how we do church was changed overnight. Weren't they? churches were shut down schools were shut down our whole life changed and the people that weren't that in my humble opinion the churches and the people that weren't didn't have a plan b in mind were just kind of dumbfounded and befuddled and now what do we do we can't go to our building how do we what are we going to do not everybody was streaming their services so what what do you do well what did the church do in the in the first day that the church was born how did they do it how did they do it that's a question (laughs) from house to house what's that well you could you just had to be careful (laughs) Because I'm telling you, my, my first inkling, my first thought when all that started happening was, I ain't afraid of no COVID. If that's, how, if that's what God's going to use to take me out of here, it's going to be a heart attack or COVID or a dump truck. It doesn't matter. Whenever he decides to take me out of this world by whatever means, that's his business. I'm not afraid to die. I know if if I died tomorrow, I'd miss out on a lot of things, but uh, that's God's will. My good friend and missionary in Japan, God took him right before his 50th birthday. I don't understand that. I didn't like that. I was a little upset about it. Wait a minute. He was just getting going real good. And God took him. But it was like the Holy Ghost said, yeah, and that's my business. I'm not, sub- not going to understand everything God does. And so when Jesus began his earthly ministry at age 30, and I heard some preaching from a guy yesterday about all of this, and it just blew me away huh? how he... The reason he started his ministry at 30 years old, but that's a subject for another day. It's all Jewish tradition. You Couldn't be a rabbi till you were 30. Hallelujah. God's got, he's just so, it's all him, folks. It's all him. When he began his earthly ministry, did he, as the Almighty God manifested in flesh, start drawing a dividing line between those that choose to follow him and those that chose not to? Did he lay a line down? He might not have physically done it. He might not have come right out and said it. But by his presence, he made it so. He made people... He gave people a choice. You're going to either choose to be on this side of the line. I don't mean to use you all as one side or the other, but you're either going to be on this side. I'm not going to say which side. Or on this side. You know, there were some people, when Moses took the people out of Egypt, they got to a place where Moses went up on the mountain and God said, you got to go down, Moses. you got to go deal with some stuff. And some people were trying to get them to worship all kinds of other stuff besides God. And God had Moses call those guys out and say, and told the ones, if you're going to be on God's side, you need to come out of those tents and come over here and stand with me. And those that don't, you keep standing over there in in Korah's tent. And what happened? God opened up the earth and swallowed those up that said, I'm not on God's side. So really, Jesus, coming into his ministry, was really an extension of a line that God had already laid down. It took one man. God chose one individual. So that we could have what we have today. His name is Abraham. He didn't choose choose a nation. He chose one man. And he said, out of thee, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. He told him, look up at the stars and see if you can count them. Look at the sand on the sea and see if you can count it. It's innumerable. That's what I'm going to do for you, Abraham. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. We have what we have, this great salvation today, because one man said, okay, God, I'll do it. I don't understand it. I I, I mean, he had no Bible. He had nothing except a voice talking to him. So I believe that God is drawing a line today and already has laid a line down in this day that we live in, this church age, as we call it. Amen? And like I said, if you weren't listening this morning, he was just all over this. About Haman and about Mordecai and about Esther. They were, they were put in a position where they had to make a choice. Which side of the line are you going to choose, Esther? Do we have any Esters in the house today? Do we have any Mordecai's in the house today? Anybody ever had a struggle in your life? A trial? In, in, in all the years that you've lived for God? Anybody ever been through some stuff? Where you were saying exactly what you said, Lord, have mercy, what in the world am I, why am I going through this? Like Joseph in that, in that dungeon, Lord. You gave me those dreams. Why am I down here? You didn't give me a dream about this. (laughs) Oh, forgot to tell you that's part of the process. That's that learning. (laughs) Why did he have him in the dungeon for, I think it was like 12 years? He had to work some things out of him, some attitudes, some mindsets, some stuff. Why do you think Paul went in the wilderness for three years? And he, he testified of that and, and said, no man taught him any of this. The Holy Ghost taught him everything for three years. And God's no respecter of persons, is he? So if the Holy Ghost will do that for Paul, he'll do that for you. Because you said it. There's, there's no big eyes and little U's. We're all, we're all valuable to the kingdom. Those disciples, most of them were teenagers. <laughs> I've raised two teenage boys. I know how they can be between 15 and 18. No wonder they were vying for position and wanting to find out who's the best and who's the favorite and all that kind of stuff. Jesus, even with them, was laying a line down. Which, which side of the line you are you boys going to be on? Will you also leave me? Hebrews 11, 8 through 10 and 17 through 18. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified Classic. Verse 8, Urged on by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went forth to a place which was destined to receive an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. Prompted by faith, he dwelt as a temporary resident in the land which he designated, in, which was designated in promise of God. Through though he was like a stranger in a strange country, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, follow fellow heirs with him of the same promise. For for he was waiting expectantly and confidently. Sometimes we're not waiting expectantly and confidently. We're wondering what in the world is God doing? Why am I here? Looking forward. to... To the city which has fixed and firm foundations whose architect and builder is God. Verse 17. By faith Abraham when he was put to the test. While the testing of his faith was still in progress. Had already brought Isaac for an offering. He who had gladly received and welcomed God's promises was ready to sacrifice his only son. Of whom it is said, through Isaac shall your descendants be reckoned. That made no sense to give him that promise and then take it away. But Abraham didn't question it. He said, take your son, thy only son, and take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him. And he said, okay, son, let's pack the mule. Let's get the stuff together. We're going up to the mountain to worship. That's what he told his son. And his son said, Dad, where's the sacrifice? And what did he say? God will provide himself a sacrifice. God's got this, folks. In the New Testament, God raised up a man called Paul to be a force that would usher in the church age. 1 Corinthians three ten through 13 says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me, the empowerment that God gave Paul, because that's the only way Paul could have done anything that he did. God had to empower him to do that because he didn't have it within himself. God let him know that when he took away his sight and when he visited him on that road. God let him know this is not you, Paul. All of your training and all of your time with Gamaliel and all this stuff and all your Phariseeism is not going to help you one lick. You're going to need me and me only to accomplish what I'm asking you to do. And so, according to the grace that was given unto unto him as a wise master builder, I I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth, Thereupon. So it's on us how we build upon the foundation that was laid. It's our responsibility to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. It's our responsibility to know the Scriptures. It's our responsibility to mature and grow in God. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. How, if any... Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. God's not, he he sees what we're doing. He sees it. He knows what your thoughts are right now. He knows your thoughts. Be careful what you think. Paul made himself, through the calling that God gave him, the example for us to follow. And he even said so. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, he said, Be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. So he let Christ Jesus be his example to follow. And that wasn't just Paul. That was all the disciples. It was all the apostles. And this man, Paul, he exampled what it looked like to make the choice as to which side of the line that he was going to be on. Because once you make that choice... There's there's consequences that come with that choice, whichever side of the line you find yourself on. I'm going to follow the Lord, I'm not going to follow the Lord. There's consequences to every choice. If you choose to do 90 on 90, there's consequences. If one of those blue cars happens to be sitting in the median somewhere, that's a choice you made. You can't get mad at anybody but yourself when you see those blue lights inviting you to pull over so you can have the the opportunity to meet yet another of our faithful state employees. Amen? I've been there and done that once since I've lived here. I had to just meet one of them, okay? Just one. (laughs) Hallelujah. Confess your faults one to another. <laughs> Matthew ten thirty four through 36. And I like in the Complete Word Study Bible, in places it, it's scriptures like this. It has little subheadings. And this one says, change brings conflict. I like that. Change brings conflict. I was just talking about COVID. Oh my goodness. The conflicts that arose over that. There's just too numerous to mention. People were going to court. I mean some of our own people were going to court. over You can't shut down my church. And leave the gambling casino open. Not right there. I agree with that. But that's all part of. The enemy's plans. Little by little, just very subtle things, he's coming after the church. But that's all according to God's plan, anyway. You know, those people that in the WEF and all that New World Order business, they all think they're big on, they're they're all big stuff and big and in charge and they got all the money and they're making all the plans, but they don't know. What they don't understand is there's little strings hanging off of them and God's up there controlling the whole deal. He, He hardened Pharaoh's heart. He allowed Pharaoh to make wrong decisions that ended up hurting Pharaoh. And he's going to allow these men to do these things and it's going to affect every single one of us eventually. Sooner rather than later. They're coming for our freedoms. They're coming for our belief they're calling things that are in this book hate speech and when i hear that i think yeah it, it kind of is because he hates sin jesus hates sin if that's hate speech oh well matthew ten thirty four. think it not Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. This is Jesus speaking. I am come not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. There's people that we would call believers right now that have already chosen the wrong side of the line, whether they realize it or not. And as the pressure builds, and as the persecution comes, and as, things, as all hell starts breaking loose, it's going to push them even further to that side of the line. And it's going to push some of us even further to this side of the line because you're going to have to make a choice. There's a line being laid down right now. And God is if you need to just pray about this. But God is God is bringing it down to the last days and he and we're going to there's going to be the Bible says one shall two shall be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. Two will be all over at the laundromat doing laundry. And one's going to be taken and the other's going to be left. Now, when I read that, I read that as believers. It's not a believer and an unbeliever. I just believe that that's two believers. But there's some of us that aren't going to make it. I don't know who that's going to be. That's not up to me. But I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that I'm doing everything possible to please him so that I can make it. You know, we've got to work on this earth. We are his hands and his feet. This is, how, this is the, what he uses right here in this room. The human element, if you want to call it that. We are the ones that are his hands and his feet. We are the ones that are supposed to be spreading the gospel. Those few men and women in that new church, they turned the world upside down. The then known world with the gospel. And they didn't have Facebook. And they didn't have social media. They didn't even have cell phones. They didn't even have a, two, two cans and a string. They went from house to house, from market to market, from city to city. And what happened to those people when the church started to grow and they were all hanging out in Jerusalem? What happened? God looked down and said, no, 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 no. I don't want you all to stay in the same place. And it, it doesn't say this, but I have to believe that God was trying to get a hold of some people to move. Move out. go to the, And they weren't doing it. So he had to send persecution to get them to move, to get them to scatter, to get to upset their routine. And God's coming to upset our routine. He's coming to bring his church home and he's going to do it his way. And I'm telling you right now, this is just in my humble opinion. But if our way that we're doing it is not his way, there's going to be a conflict. And you're going to have to decide if you're, going to, if you're going to insist on doing it your way or if you're going to humble yourself and do it God's way. Because I'm going to tell you right now, God's way is not going to make a lick of sense to anybody. Why would he do it like that? Some people are going to say words like that. He's drawing a line. The Holy Ghost spoke through John in the book of Revelation. And I'm telling you, God knows what's going on. He's got a plan and he's going to work his plan. And I don't want to be anywhere else but right smack dab in the middle of the plan and purpose and will of God. Revelation 2.18 And unto the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works. And the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, if he had a few things against the church in that day, does it stand to reason to you, it does to me, that he might have some some things that he needs to address with us today in, in this church today, in the modern day church, the body of Christ, not just this congregation. If he had somewhat against the church in Thyatira and the church in Sardis and, the church, and all these churches in the book of Revelation, we're the same church. And his word's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and it does not change. So if he had a problem with some things they were doing, there's very good likelihood that he's got a problem with some of the things that we are doing as a body of believers. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which called herself prophetess, To teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. The devil is subtle. That's why he's called the angel of light. He's not going to get up in our face. It's going to be little things, little little foxes that's going to come spoil the vine. If we're not careful, we're not watchful. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. In verse 23 there in the Amplified Classic, it says, And I will strike her children her proper followers dead, thoroughly exterminating them. All of the assemblies, churches shall recognize and understand that I am he who searches minds, the thoughts, feelings, and purposes, and the inmost hearts. And I will give to each of you the reward for what you have done, as your work deserves. Now, some of you didn't get to be here yesterday. You missed the most awesome business meeting that I've ever been in. <laughs> Did I say that right, Pastor? He didn't tell me to say that. That's right. But he made a statement yesterday. He said there is going to be a sifting and a trying. I I believe that. It's already happening. There's gonna be a sifting and a trying. And he said this this morning. What are we going to do when the chips are down and all hell is breaking loose? Or words to that effect. What we do when all that's happening is going to matter now and in the last days. He's watching us right now. He's not waiting for. I don't want the Lord to find me someday down the road. Busy about my father's business. When he comes, we say that. When he comes, and let him let him find us busy about our Father. I want him to see me doing his business right now, because he's a right now God. He I, he's watching what we're doing right now. He's he knows what we're thinking right now. He's here right now. He's there. He woke me up at four o'clock this morning. He just wanted to have a little talk. And I, in my flesh, I tried to go back to sleep, and he said, "Oh no." He had some things he wanted to say to me, so I had to grab my phone and make some notes. And I immediately recognized Lord, I'm sorry. Because my flesh wanted to go back to sleep. So I had to repent and say, I'm sorry, Lord, what is it you want? And when he was done, he let me go back to sleep. About an hour before the alarm went off. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. James chapter 1, verse 1 through 15. A little bit of a lengthy reading, but it bears in with what God is trying to say here today. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm nobody special. I'm just a servant. Every one of these disciples and apostles said the same thing. If I have this calling, it's because God gave it to me. I'm just here writing this because this is what the Holy Ghost is telling me to write. That's what he's saying. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren. He's talking to the church. Right? Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Doesn't say count it all joy if you fall into divers temptations. It says when. It, you're going to. I'll just serve you notice right now. You're going to to fall into diverse temptations and not just once. And that's okay. That's your one time. You're good. That's not how that works. You're going to fall into diverse temptations. He's telling you that knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That word patience is the bearing of the cross that we were told that we would have to bear if we wanted to be his disciple. The trying of your faith worketh patience. It's for your good. Don't run away from it. Don't complain about it. Don't cry about it. Thank God for it. Like he said this morning, it's hard when you're in the middle of that to to feel like this is the will of God. When all hell is breaking loose in your life, when you're going through a trial that you don't like, and why me, God? Why do I have to suffer? But it goes on in verse 4 to say, but let patience have her perfect work. Let this patience that he you need have her perfect work. This, this agent of crucifixion that's allowed to be in your life. Because we, when we take up that cross daily and follow him, that's not something we do. Because you can't crucify yourself. Can you? You can get three, three out of four points. Who's going to do the other one? So when we take up the cross, it's the cross he took up. He suffered. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, or mature and entire, wanting or having need of nothing. Everything I need is going to come from him. And he's going to try me and prove me. He's going to try you and prove you. He's going to perfect you. He's going to make you mature through the trials and tests and temptations that he sends into your life. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not, and he shall give it to him. What wisdom? Wisdom for what? It comes comes right after this part about the trying of your faith. Wisdom on how to handle the trials and the tests and temptations that you're fixing to go through. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let no man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways or a double-spirited man is unstable in all of his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For as the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth, Temptation. For when he is is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Do you love him enough to endure the trials and the things that he's going to put you through? That's going to be for your good? Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God for god cannot tempt god cannot be tempted with evil neither tempteth he any man but every man is tempted now who's the tempter the devil does will god allow him to come and tempt you he sure will he sure does every day every day little ways big ways it's not going sometimes it's not going to be some major thing it's going to be some little yeah just Think that critical thought of that, brother or sister. It's okay, because they they really did you wrong, and, and they deserve you thinking bad about them, even though they're made in the image of God. Don't forgive them. That's what he'll tell you. Little stuff. Just little foxes. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Your own flesh. Your own will. You still have a will. Your flesh will still get in the way. And enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It all starts with a temptation. You don't have to listen to it. You don't even have to acknowledge it. Other than to say, yeah, I heard that. Now get out, get out of here. Go away. Leave me alone. Get thee behind me. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. He's just counting on the fact that you won't remember that scripture and know that it's time to resist. Jesus is always in, at the front end and at the back end of our trials. He knows that you're fixing to go through having cancer or a family member dying and suddenly or you losing everything in your bank account or just, or we could go on and on and on, right? A child dying suddenly. We could just go on. We could go on for days with the trials that some of us would have to go through. He was already there before that trial ever entered into your life. He knew it was coming. Well, why didn't you warn me, God? <laughs> Seriously? He does things for our good. He allows these things into our life. Lord, anybody ever prayed this prayer? Lord, do whatever you got to do to save me. Well, if you've prayed that seriously, then get ready. Somebody said to me one time, don't pray for patience. (laughs) Because, Because now you're just inviting stuff. But I want to have that kind of patience, not human patience, but the patience that I know that God is in control of my life. And if I've released my life to him and surrendered myself completely to him, whatever he sends my way, I already have a peace about it. If I've already settled that ahead of time, he's going to give you that peace and know that. I mean, can you imagine some? A situation where your wife gets cancer and God says to you, you can't pray for her healing. She has to go through this and you have to go through it with her. Can you imagine that? That's actually happened. Well, wait, he's supposed to be the healer. What if he chooses not to heal? What if you have to have cancer? Just like just like Esther ended up in the king's palace. What if the reason for you having cancer is so you'll end up in that hospital because there's a nurse or a doctor or somebody in that hospital that the only way anybody's going to reach them is for God to put you in that hospital first. And in that story, that couple, by the time they got done, they they had the oncologist and everybody believe in what, what we believe. Because they couldn't figure out how they could go through that and have all the peace that they had. So sometimes God allows things in our life for the purpose of His will, whether we understand it, like it, or believe it or not. He suffered persecution and endured it for 40 days in the wilderness. The enemy challenged his His everything, his authority, his virgin birth. The enemy had challenged him on every side. And if he can endure that for 40 straight days with nothing to eat, then we can endure it. He showed us that it's possible to endure it. Because like I said, he's on the front end and he's on the back end. He's there at the end of your trial when you're coming out of that storm Anybody ever heard somebody say, don't pray yourself out of the storm, pray yourself through the storm? you got to go through the storm to learn something. Lord, get me through this storm and help me learn the lesson so I don't have to go through this again. Jesus told Peter that he was going to be sifted as wheat. Anybody ever seen wheat? how they did it in the old days. They would take the wheat to this threshing floor in this building with open windows and they would take this threshing like a rake thing and they would throw the wheat up in the air and all the chaff would blow out the window and all the good wheat would fall down to the ground. And to some degree, that's what God's doing with this line thing. He's sifting. He's trying to find out who's going to believe me and who's not. Luke twenty-two thirty-one to 32, Peter's denial foretold. Jesus was telling Peter, you're going to deny me. Did he believe it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'll never deny you. Some of us would say that right now. I'll never deny this truth. I'll never deny the Lord Jesus Christ. But you don't know what you're going to do when the situation is upon you. And people are saying, hey, he's one of them. And he's going, no, 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 you got me confused with somebody else. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold. See, God knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the ending. Satan hath desired you. Jesus already knew that he may sift you as wheat. And I'm going to let him do it. That's not written there, but that's exactly what he was saying. Because the next thing he says is, But I have prayed for thee that through this trial that your faith fail not. That through this temptation, that through this time where you are going to deny me, that you would not, your faith would fail not. When thou art converted, after the trial's all over, after you've come out on the other side victorious, strengthen the brethren. Jesus went into that wilderness for 40 days filled with the Holy Ghost. But when he came out, he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. What was the difference? He had to endure the trial and the temptation. So there's there's a good thing about going through a trial and temptation. You might just come out on the other side empowered in the Holy Ghost like you never thought. And God might need you to go through that like he sent Joseph through that, that experience he had to go through in order to elevate you to a high position so you'll handle yourself correctly when you get to that role. We don't know what God's going to do in this last day. I mean, Paul was saving people in prison. There's been people in our generation in other countries that have been put in prisons and they keep saving the prisoners and the guards and they have to keep moving them to a different prison. <laughs> that would be awesome to be that guy. I wouldn't enjoy the prison part. But if that's what he had for me, I you know, just make the best of what you got. You can't stop this gospel. So a dividing line has already been laid down in these last days, I believe. Whether we realize it or not, we're being made to choose. And that's that's why we need to be fervent in prayer. That's why we need to really really turn up turn the, turn the burner up on our prayer life. Really start listening to the Holy Ghost. Really start listening to what the Spirit is saying. This is what he said in the book of Revelation. Listen. Listen, folks, you that have ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit's saying to the church. What's the Spirit saying to the church today? I want to know. And he's not a respecter person, so I expect him to tell me. When he chooses to do that, it's another story. But, but I expect him to tell me. I want to make it. Don't you? I don't want to just barely make it. I don't want to say, well, let's see what I can get away with and still make it in. If I can just just right on the edge, if I can just stay right on the edge and just stay right on that fence, I wouldn't be up on that fence if I were you. You might get knocked down the wrong way. Matthew 24, 36 through 44. I don't know if this is just hitting the ground like a like a big rock or not, folks. I'm just trying to do what the Lord told me to do. So I'm praying that God's getting a hold of somebody in here today. Matthew 24, 36 through 44. But all of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of Son of Man be. For as in the days... That were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. We like to use the word someday. Someday I'll start serving the Lord. Someday I'll get serious. Someday, someday, someday. But what happens when someday becomes today? And you've waited too long to make your decision. Then shall two be in the field. One shall be taken the other left. The women, Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken to the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this. That if the good good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would have come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. God's trying to tell the church, we've got to get ready. We've got to be ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Let's all stand. I already said it. Do we have any more Mordecai's in the house? Do we have anybody that's willing to go through what he went through for the kingdom? Because it's not our kingdom. It's his kingdom. We are his servants. We are his sons. We are his bride. We are his hands and his feet. I want to be ready. I want to be a Mordecai. I want to be an Esther. How do you know if you're not on God's timeline and at this place, at this juncture in your life, and at this time in 2024 for such a time as this? Because the, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more the persecution's going to increase. The more things are going to just go haywire and backwards and sideways. And we've got to have our minds made up. And God's going to do something that's going to totally go against everything we, the way we believe it's supposed to be done. And I, I want to be ready. I want this church, I want you all to be ready. And the Lord wants you to be ready. Father, we love you. We thank you today, Father, for this word. Lord, I don't know if I've delivered it the way you wanted me to deliver it, Lord, but I believe that somebody in here needed to hear this today because you sent me to speak it. And, Lord, I thank you for your word that's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, your word is able to divide asunder the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Lord, you've been discerning some thoughts. You've been listening to the minds and the hearts of your people today, Lord Jesus. And I just pray, Lord, that you would get that this would get a hold of somebody, Lord, that you they would take this, Lord Jesus, and run with it, that they would take this, Lord Jesus, and make it their own, Lord Jesus. If there's been anything spoken, I pray that it would be according to your will, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make an altar call, I'm gonna tell you these altars are open if anybody feels like they need to come. Hallelujah. Jesus name every one of us in this room every one of us in this room we need to do an, an accounting in our life we need to sit down and do an accounting in our life and ask ourselves if we are where the lord needs us to be father we need you right now lord jesus we need you right now lord jesus uh, don't let me be lost. Don't let me, be, don't let me miss out on your kingdom, Lord. Don't let me miss out over a single thought, a single wrong thought or idea, Lord. Don't let me miss out, Lord Jesus. Don't let me miss the opportunity to be a part of your kingdom, O oh God. Don't let me, O oh God. Don't let me walk away, Lord Jesus, and not, deal, not bring this, O oh God, to the forefront in my mind, Lord Jesus. Don't, O oh God. Don't let us be lost, O God. Don't let us miss out, O God, on what your will is for our life today. Lord, have your way in this place with every heart, every soul, and every mind in this place. Lord, we need your kingdom to come and your will to be done. Lord, those that feel like they're on the the edge, O God, that you would help them, O God. I pray that your help would go out to them right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of conviction. I thank you for your convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Father, let your word go forth and do that which you've sent it to do, Lord Jesus. Cause them to receive it, O God. Cause them to receive it, O God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your people, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness and mercy, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, that we would be your vessels of honor today, that we would be, a hallelujah, a blessing and an honor to you, Jesus, that we, your name would be honored, Lord Jesus, by, oh, God, by your people today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. na katananamosati e katananamosaiye. Ni katalabosa ye kia jesus hallelujah jesus Amen. Let's do that. Let's give God glory. Let's worship Him. Let's thank Him for all that He's done, for who He is. Lord Jesus, You are an awesome God. You are a wondrous, glorious Savior, and we worship You. We worship You. Hallelujah. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for speaking, for ministering to us today. Thank you, Jesus, for continuing to be faithful to your people. Help us, I pray, to be faithful to you, to continue to walk with you and to move forward with you according to your plan and according to your will. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God.